The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Welcome to episode number 92 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. With me, I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You can follow them on Twitter for free, at Dustin Galker, at Adam Candy, at 2Es, no Y. It's, uh, it's going to cost you something, maybe your, your dignity or your pride if you want to follow me, but at Matt Brown M2 if you want to go there. Of course, we're on all the places that you listen to podcasts, so go ahead and go in, subscribe, rate, and review. Really do appreciate that, and every time we post one, it'll just go straight to your device and you don't have to wait until it gets posted to the site. We are going to talk some more about the Westgate Barstool thing, what's going on with some access for Penn and Barstool as well. Stuff going on in Tennessee. We're going to have another SPAC that has been launched here. We'll get some details on that. Some quick state updates. But first, guys, emergency podcast. Never mind. We were recording today anyway. But if we weren't, it would be emergency podcast. Because right before we go on to start recording this, comes through the Twitter machine that an NHL team, a real NHL team, that happens to have be right down the road for me and Adam, me and Adam right here. The Vegas Golden Knights has an official partnership with a Mexican tout service. And if you are unfamiliar with what a tout service is, we've talked about them a few different times here on the podcast. Uh, Adam, uh, take it away here. It is. Um, I mean, I have been through since since the repeal of PASPA. I've gotten some interesting press releases. I've gotten some stuff where I was like, man, that's a bad idea. Oh boy. What were they thinking? And then I and then I saw this. Ay, Dios mío, que lastima. Uh, this is a terrible situation. Um, and it was one of those things where I had to read it twice to make sure that I was seeing what I thought I was seeing, which is not just the idea of you are partnering with a tout service, but also you are partnering with a foreign-based tout service. And these are two separate things that are both questionable uh, decisions by the Golden Knights. But let's start with the most questionable part. You're partnered with a tout service. So if you don't know what a tout service is in the first place, think Vegas Dave. Because Vegas Dave is sort of the character caricature of what tout services are, right? Think about Stu Finer screaming. Like, those are tout services. They are services that offer to sell you picks on sports bets for a fee. Um, Matt, you and I could talk f- at length about the idea <sighs> of why someone would be selling picks that theoretically make them money in the first place and the quality of picks that you get from someone who is selling picks. But let's just talk about the general concept here of a partnership between an NHL team and a company that is selling picks on games and just the optics of this, because I guarantee you what the average person is going to say is, well, I wonder if they're going to pick the Golden Knights every night. 
That is an integrity problem. That is a massive integrity problem, not just for the Golden Knights, but for the league. This is an enormous issue for both sides. And so I cannot imagine what possessed an otherwise right thinking franchise to take on not only this amount of risk in a partnership, but then to tout it like, hey, this is a great thing. Look at us. Details here. Look at this press release. And and Dustin, you and I were talking a bit offline here. Not only was this shocking because this was a partnership between a team and a foreign-based house service, but the announcement came from the league itself. This was from NHL.com. This was a league-endorsed press release, and it was framed from like, hey, look, I can read it to you. The partnership marks the first sponsorship between a Mexican-based company and an NHL club. They're looking at this as like, hey, look, we're expanding beyond the borders. How great is this? And then the quote goes a little, when you go down the, uh, the press release just a little bit further, then you get this quote that, People who are inside the bubble know how how much this makes you cringe and how dangerous and scary this is. And then people outside the bubble, man, I, that's why this is so incredibly dangerous. This is from the Golden Knights Vice President of Global Partnerships. We are thrilled to partner with up, up, UpUpYouPickTrade.com to become the first professional sports franchise to partner with a sports recommendation service. He goes on to say... We are hopeful our fan base will make youpicktrade.com a part of their sports pick betting process. This is a quote from a guy that has an official capacity with this team. I am just blown away. You go to the site. They charge you $89 a month per sport. Her sport for their service. And Dustin, we've talked about this time and time again on this podcast as well. The casual better, these people who have never bet before, who are just getting involved in sports betting. One, they don't know any better. Two, they're typically about $10 or $20 betters, which means right off the bat, you have to win if you're a $10 better. Nine bets in a month to break even by purchasing this service. If you are a $20 better, you have to be five units up to even break even before you start to make any money from any of this. And we also know how hard that is to do to just be nine units positive in a month or five units positive in a month. And it just this is like the slipperiest of slippery slopes. I am I'm I'm still I've read I read this two hours ago and I'm still just completely blown away. I'm with you. I'm just I, I just keep thinking we're going to find out this was a big joke or not meant to go out or like it's just. But yes, it was on the it was right there on the league website. It's coming from NHL.com. And it's wild. Like what? Who who thinks it's a good idea to link a team to picks? Yes. Maybe they maybe they don't give out picks on the nights. I don't know. But they, they probably will, I guess. Like they're not. Are they going to avoid it? I don't know. But like what happens if you pick the Knights to win and they lose and you're you're the team is saying uh, through this partnership saying, Hey, go bet on the Knights there. We're, we're doing this. Like the whole thing is just mind bogglingly bad optics. And I, I don't know how people, you know, again, I presume people at the league office and not just, you know, uh, you know, the Vegas Knight Golden Knights should be able to stop this at their front office. But you know, this, if this is on NHL.com, I presume this got vetted through the NHL, which has been very interested in the gambling industry as well. So then you go, like you start reading, through, you can just, we can just read the site and it's so hilarious. Like you, the FAQ, here's the, here's what, what happens if I lose money? 
Well, sports trading is volatile, just like stock market <laughs> trading, and occasionally losing days are inevitable. The most important thing is to follow our recommendations as they are given. Maintain a level of control over your capital. Remember, this is a long-term way to make extra money. They are promising. This is a, again, the Knights are promise are partnering with this company that is promising to make you money from sports gambling, which yeah. is nonsense. Not ha- not going to happen. Um, I mean, they do have their picks up online in in Mexican Mexican pesos. I guess um, you can you can look at what their pay- their picks are. Um, so I, I guess they're being transparent. This is the first time I've heard of this company until today. So, but. Uh, in the in the colossal bad ideas that have happened since sports betting legalization has hap- has happened, I'd say this is probably number one. I'm, maybe I'm missing oh, something out there that no, was worse, but this number is pretty one, bad. I, I was racking my brain. I, it's it's certainly number one in my opinion because you know Adam, we, we go to this, and it's not only because one these these tout services, literally every single one of them has a, a bad reputation. Like, I mean, there's, there's not a single one out there that is like this crystal clean service that everybody has, has says like, Oh no, glowing reviews here, there, here, you know, all over the place. No, that's, that's not the case, but let's get aside from just the business model in general, but just take it to the fact that this is being marketed in, in, in this, this quote, we are hopeful. Our fan base will make you pick trade a part of their sports pick betting process like you are marketing this to casual betters to people who do not know any better and they're going to go to that website and they're going to read the stuff that Dustin just read right there and he's they're going to read the sales pitch and now they go well I was sitting here by the nights I mean this is good to go this is obviously golden I'm going to make money betting sports I'm going to be rich betting sports and it's just so one, it's unrealistic because of the the dollar amount they're betting in the first place, whether they're 10 or $20 betters, or the other slippery part of that about this is because these guys are selling winning picks and the Knights have endorsed them and all that. Now these people are betting money that they shouldn't be betting or betting more than they should be betting because again, you can't lose, right? That's you're just going to make money hand over fist by using this service. It's just, it is insanity to me that this, that this, how in the world this gets okayed by multiple levels of people is, is just beyond me. So when you go on social media, when you listen to podcasts like this, if you have conversations within the sports betting industry. One thing you will see is that there are clear factions, right? There are clicks to this whole thing. But the one thing that crosses all genres when it comes to sports betting conversations in the United States is that everyone hates touts. No one respects touts. No one thinks paying for picks is a good idea. Literally everyone thinks this is a bad idea. This is Saturday Night Live from the 90s, bad idea jeans that everyone has now shown up to the rink wearing bad idea jeans for this to come into fruition. It is a terrible, terrible idea that a franchise, frankly, that had no need to do this, right? There is like, if you saw this coming from like second division, you know, um, semi-pro soccer, you'd be like, yeah, they need the money. The Golden Knights don't need the money. (laughs) The NHL doesn't need the money. Nobody needed to do this. Nobody needs to place the potential integrity of the idea of partnerships on the line here. And Matt, just one quick thing to add, because I think it works well with the idea of, the average person's perception Mm -hmm. of how this thing goes. We were dealing with some media out of Arizona from with the newspaper down there that was covering the legislation that potentially might legalize sports betting in Arizona. And they were saying, wow, it seems like the idea of 
uh, of sports teams partnering with a sports book, that could be a little sketchy, right? Because then wouldn't wouldn't we have a sports team running a sports book? And we explained that no, mm-hmm. it's a partnership. The sports book actually runs the book. The team doesn't actually run the book, etc. There's that level of confusion over a legitimate partnership. Right. Think about what you would have to do, the mental gymnastics you would have to go through to explain not only is this team partnering with a pick service, and but as you just said, they're endorsing it. They're telling you to yeah. go use it. I know it's, it's crazy. And you start doing the math and, and Dustin, there's, I'm sure people are very familiar with this stuff if they're listening to this podcast, but if they're not, maybe they're more into the, the business side of things and not a, the actual number side of things. But I mean, a, to break even sports betting, you have to win 52.4% of the time when you calculate in minus 110 juice. Then when you pay $89 a month on the in the first place, now your win rate has to be exponentially more in order to, to break even. And then it has to be even better than that to make money. And so the, the fact that this... Uh, they could have consulted me. Like, I, I'm here in Vegas. They could have consulted me. They could have consulted Adam. They could have talked to somebody who understands how this all goes, that you are putting your fan base behind the eight ball here. Like you are putting your fan base in an unfavorable position and endorsing them, putting themselves in an unfavorable position. And I just, it's, it's crazy that this is, you know, in 2021, when we're sitting here and I understand things are going fast and I understand partnerships are moving rapidly. And, and look, we talk about a new one basically here on the podcast every single week whenever we're on here but I never in never in a million years never in a million years did I did I think I would be sitting here talking about a pro sports team not only partnering with but endorsing a a place that saw that sold sports picks and like Matt and like Adam said the the math doesn't work for the Knights either like the yeah. you can already go on the mentions to their to the tweet from the, the Golden Knights official account and see like people are, are universally saying this is like in a lot of it's sports betting Twitter. But most yeah. people are universally saying this is a, a colossally bad idea. And yeah, they, they mean, yes, they're getting whatever monetary benefit out of partnering with with you pick trade. But that the you know, yeah. What happens when your fans are, are invariably going to lose over a large, right. large enough sample size with their picks? Then you're then you're, then you're alienating your own fans. He's like, you told us we're going to win we pay this money we're going to win sports bets uh and then then that doesn't happen for whatever amount of time i mean they still have winning streaks they'll have losing streaks they're you know whether we get their numbers lifetime and full time out of this who knows but this is a, this is there's nothing good out of this for the knights i, I just don't there's no upside other than whatever the, the monetary deal is and god only knows what that is but the, the upside the the downside for the league and for sports and for the sports betting industry is far higher than whatever monetary gain they're getting out of this i hope they walk this back i hope other teams aren't dumb enough to follow this this trend and, <laughs> and get partner with, with tout services because yes like adam said there's enough misunderstanding about what's going on you start putting these things together and the optics are just just awful 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 and i do, like you should want to stay as far away from from that kind of stuff as you can. And it's, it's disappointing to see, uh, like Adam said, a, a franchise is otherwise very well run and not doing the wrong thing here. Pretty clearly. You, you know, Adam, the, one of the reasons we were sitting here talking about, you know, railing against these leagues, wanting integrity fees was we were, we were saying you should not want anything to do with the outcome of what is going on with the sports and win, lose, whatever it might be, you should not want anything to do with the outcome and that being a part of what goes into your bottom line. And what they have essentially done here is put it where 
the outcome of games is actually, in fact, going towards their bottom line. Now, it's not the league itself. It is just the Golden Knights. But regardless, this is a slippery slope. They've opened the door for other weird things that can maybe go on here. And, you know, I, I'm glad Dustin brought it up because that was actually my next question to you, Adam. I'm like, I am putting March 1st. So literally five days from now, I'm putting March 1st on this before they walk this back. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to take that long based on some <laughs> things I've heard anecdotally today from people who know things about things. Um, but we shall see. I'm sure yeah. that the only thing that is going to delay this being walked back is contract language and the Golden Knights making sure they don't get sued. Um, but you would hope that the NHL is going to help them get a hand uh, in solving this sooner than later because the NHL doesn't need this any more than the Golden Knights need this. And of course, as you said, clearly it was vetted through someone at the league. It didn't just go out, yeah. you know, on its own. But at the same time, um, the NHL has far more to lose in this specifically than the Golden Knights do. Yeah, we're just... I'm waiting on it. It'll the next thing It's like the official predatory loan provider of like of whatever, you know, I mean, like it's like what in the world is happening here? Hang like, in there, in, Matt. Hang come in, in there, and buddy. get a loon. It's come okay, get buddy. Get a loan at 47% interest rate or whatever. Matt, it's it's going like, to be all right, know. bud. Don't 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 worry. We're, we're going to uh, we're, we're, we're going to see more about this. It's like, I don't <laughs> think this is the last you've heard. I don't. No one is going to make you go to you. You pick trade. Is that what it's called? You pick, you pick sure. trade. Yeah, yes. there you go. Uh, don't don't go to don't go to you pick trade for NHL picks. Uh, I yeah. endorse that. I don't I don't think we'll be doing that. All right, Adam, let's change topics here as we spent the first 15 minutes of the podcast here railing against this. Uh, let, let's let's uh, talk a little bit more about this Westgate Barstool thing. Now, you probably thought this is the one that we were going to be yelling about a little <laughs> bit when you saw the rundown at first. Right. And thought. Uh, why is Barstool infringing on a trademark of Westgate? And frankly, we would not have known anything about this, except that the guy who always seems to say the quiet part out loud, Dave Portnoy, the leader of Barstool, tweeted out the letter that Westgate sent to Barstool telling them to cease and desist with the usage of the phrase, good teams win, great teams cover. Now, we've probably all heard that phrase somewhere along the road when it comes to sports betting to the point where it's actually a little bit trite. Um, what we didn't realize was that back in 2008, Westgate had actually applied for a trademark on this and been granted the trademark in 2012. And the letter that Portnoy displayed was actually a second cease and desist letter that Westgate had sent to Barstool telling them, hey, this is our trademark. You're using it. We told you to stop using it. Um, it appears that you don't care that we're telling you to stop using it. And we're now set up for some sort of, uh, I would assume, a protracted legal battle over not only Barstool's use of the phrase, but I would assume we're probably going to get into can someone own a trademark to that phrase? Dustin, uh, sticking with the Barstool theme here, one of the things that came out this week and everyone started screaming from a mountaintop was access in New York. Now, this was one of the things that we have talked about numerous times here that, you know, when New York, I don't think it's an if I think it's a win. It's going to be, you know, it might not be this year. But we assume that there will be mobile gaming in New York sometime in the very near future and that the access deals to that are going to be worth uh, just a uh, an astronomical amount of money with that market. And we know how big that market is going to be. And it looks like there's some sort of old deal, old partnership, old something going on that could actually allow Barstool into New York. 
Yeah, so the top level uh, market access deal between quote unquote market access deal. I'll get back to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penn National Gaming, which deploys the Barstool brand, and Rush Street Gaming, Bet Rivers, in, in many states that have legal sports betting, had a, had a deal for market access. The big part of that is that Rush Street would grant uh, Penn National and Barstool access as a second skin in New York should it legalize sports betting. Rush Street has a, has a Rivers Casino in the state and is one of the four commercial casinos that is is angling and probably will get a license in a, in a final calculation of who gets gets access in New York. So the market access part, though, is the is the funny part. It's like it's coming from, we you know, like, like we get lots of press releases, Penn National dropping uh, a press release that says that this gives them market access to New York. Now, that's I, I, that's borderline. I'm not going to say it's dishonest. It's a it's misleading, I'd say, because because it's no guarantee of market access the way New York's going. Uh, you know, we have we've talked about what New York's doing a lot in in recent weeks and months, but you know, we have the Cuomo plan, which would have certainly fewer than uh, one or maybe only a couple sports betting licensees. And those are ones that already have access, you know, Rivers, DraftKings, FanDuel, or Bet365 probably in that list or, or one of the, the deals with a travel casino. So and then there's another there's legislation out there that would also or this has been banned about only one skin per casino. Again, that would be seven. This would definitely shut Barstool out again. So we're relying on the idea that there's a 14, uh, 14 skin model out there, which is what's being presented by the lawmakers in New York, that that would be what actually happens in New York. And that would be how Penn National gets access is a second skin of, of rivers. So so it's it's it, it, to see this is like, oh, yes, we're going to be in New York. Like, no, you're not, you're not going to be in New York necessarily. You could be. Uh, and, you, and you're also depending on something actually happening. Like I said, it's probably when, not if. But, uh, you know, this is far. This is very speculative that they're going to get into mm-hmm. New York based on this deal, even though it's being portrayed as, oh, this is how we're going to get in. Other side, R- Rush Street uses Penn National. As a as a way to get into Ohio, Maryland, and Missouri, if though if and when those states open up for sports betting, um, again very speculative because we don't even know exactly what those those are. But this 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 idea of market access it was it was hot last year. It's kind of coming bubbling back up as other states mm-hmm. look at this, and it's you know it's a, a little it's a little interesting to see like we're claiming market access when you know we don't know exactly how sports betting is going to happen. So your market access could go could easily go up in smoke with with not much effort. And, but Adam, that's not going to to stop them from uh, from from touting it on Twitter. And you know, I think the I think the tweet was "We're going to own New York" or something like that, or whatever whatever it was. Um, definitely some you scratch you know you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back situation going on here. And you know, I, I imagine there'll be some more creative stuff like that as we go down the line because we don't know what a framework will eventually look like in California or a framework will eventually look like in Florida. It will probably all be all kinds of convoluted with how you get access and, and who you got to partner with and what you got to get done. So this might just be the be the beginning of it all. It is the beginning of it all. And that statement, of course, that you reference came from Dave Portnoy with rocket ships next to the <laughs> pen sim- symbol on the ticker. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. When we know the rocket ship emoji right now only deserves to be next to anything on everything top shot. We, we, we understand that that's the only place. Oh, that, Mr. That cool cats. Ship. Here he goes again. Uh, yeah. So that's the only thing that that needs to be next to. All right. So we talked a little bit last week about what's going on in Tennessee there. Adam, what is the latest in that uh, debacle there? Yeah, this is messy. Um, so according to the executive director of the Tennessee Lottery Corporation, 74 sports betting accounts were shut down between a couple of different 
operators. Now, mind you, there are only four uh, in Tennessee right now. Um, I cannot report this with any sort of 100% accuracy, but I would say that the overwhelming majority of those accounts are with one particular operator who has been in the news quite a bit lately. Um, we shall find out more about this as it rolls on. Information was presented at the Tennessee Lottery Corporation meeting that said that there is an investigation that is ongoing into uh, multiple accounts that have been closed and that there might be one particular person at the heart of this who had multiple accounts uh, who is being further investigated. So uh, we will keep a close eye on this. There is definitely more to come out, but uh, Tennessee might end up having some regulatory issues for us to discuss in future podcasts. I imagine that they will with the things that have gone on there. Uh, Dustin, listen, we've talked a lot about SPACs here on the show as well, because they, as gaming companies uh, become became the toast of the town, a lot of people were trying to form these and acquire and move and, and try to take things public and whatnot. We've seen that work for a couple of different places. We know that there are a couple more in line and it looks like a new one has popped up. I always say it's SPACs. Am I doing it wrong, Matt? Am I doing it wrong? I think it's actually SPAC. Sorry, dude. I don't care. S, S, uh, I mean, we can, like, let's just make it SPACs now. We can change well, it. Why, yeah. why don't we make it like SPOC, like Tupac? Yeah. I like Ooh, it. Right? Because yeah. it is spelled like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I like it. But yes, anyway, uh, another day, another SPAC in the world. Uh, this is a second one from CEO, former MGM CEO Jim Murren, who is leading another uh, SPAC with... That they just uh, we don't don't think we got into this, but they just acquired a social casino company named Play Studios for a valuation over a billion dollars. They're going back at it again. Same uh, AC's acquisition. It's a second one, uh, but they have a lot of money to invest in something in the you know gaming, hospitality, event space. Who knows what they're what they're targeting? They probably have an idea of what they're targeting, but um, you know they are you know more money pouring into uh, this. Is how money is pouring into the gambling space right now, though, is through this. It's uh, pretty obvious. We were this is uh, almost certainly not going to be the last one of these. Uh, we'll be curious to see what they try to pick up and and. Turn into something but you know uh, the, the first one obviously went well enough and uh, the, the social the social casino industry uh, obviously a buzz about that and then we'll see if what they do this year this was not a, a sports betting or an online casino play you would think that maybe they have an eye on that with their second target but we'll see what happens uh, when this you know if and when this uh, SPAC turns into uh, investing into another company yeah, a lot of guys that uh, a lot of guys that have been around the game a long time. So you have to imagine, like you said, that there's something that they have their eye on. And I imagine we will find out uh, shortly here. Adam, take us home on just the uh, quick state rundown for us. This disclaimer, if I leave your state out, I still love your state. Uh, but there are so many states that we have to get to right we now. We love you, Alaska. That, yeah. We're not, we're not, uh, so we're, yeah, we love you. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. You know it. Um, we're big so, in Alaska. We are. Oh, we're big in Alaska. Whew, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I know everyone on the cruise lines going up through the glaciers <laughs> right now is tuned into this podcast. Thank you. Um, so let's start with Virginia. Uh, we know that's a state that already launched sports betting recently. Uh, they've had a bill going through the legislature that is intended to clean up some of the language in there and make it clear that they're probably going to be five more sports betting licenses than originally uh, were, let's say, shown through the language of the original bill that should be available. Now, that bill has gone to conference. Uh, there are problems that have not been resolved yet. Apparently, 
on the House side, there was the inclusion of a provision that would give, uh, we heard this phrase with FanDuel getting its license, substantial and preferential consideration to minority-owned businesses uh, who would be interested in getting a sports betting license. So that bill's in conference right now. They're working on that. Over in Georgia, we see that there is significant interest in doing sports betting. All the pro teams are lined up behind it. The governor's office has, uh, you know, had some interest I've heard in terms of uh, there being a bill that might, if not get their signature, then might be able to get through uh, in Georgia without a signature. That bill is moving along right now, but there is some question as to the constitutionality of it because it would go through the lottery. And we've had this question in other states. Is sports betting a lottery game or is it an expansion of gambling? If it's an expansion of gambling, they might need a constitutional amendment that is not in the current legislation. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Break out your mittens and your maple syrup because Vermont has a sports betting bill that has been introduced. Uh, That would be six mobile licenses up in Vermont would help sort of move along the New England takeover of sports betting that we've seen along with Massachusetts. If you think one bill is plenty, how about 14? Uh, Massachusetts has 14 sports betting bills that have been filed this year. The governor is involved. Uh, A couple senators who filed bills in previous years have been involved. Uh, We know it's the home of DraftKings. We have a feeling something will probably get done in Massachusetts. Connecticut just had a new bill filed today. That bill came from Senator Kathy Austin, who's been at the heart of some bills previously to legalize sports betting. What we're working to find out right now is how that works or doesn't work alongside the proposal from Governor Ned Lamont, who has been negotiating with the Mashantucket Pequot and the Mohegan tribes in Connecticut to finally get something done in a state that has been so difficult to get something done in over the years. When we talk about tribal issues, we've got to talk about Arizona. Out in Arizona, uh, there is some question now as to whether a sports betting bill yesterday might have been folded into a historical horse racing bill for reasons that we don't completely understand. Uh, the pro teams are lined up behind it in Arizona. The governor has negotiated with the tribes already. The tribes seem to be on board with this sort of hybrid plan that would give half the sports betting licenses uh, to potentially to franchises and other interests and half to the tribes. That is something that is going through committee hearings uh, as we speak. There's probably more, but this is meant to be a short podcast. (laughs) Other states, I love you. We'll be back for you in other weeks. Dustin, just real quick before we get out of here, we talked about the score a little bit last week and, uh, you know, there were at least acquisition rumors floating around out there and then a little bit of score news this week with the fact that uh, with the the Canadian news, the sports betting news going on up there, that they are looking to uh, to go public. Yeah, they uh, have a U.S. list. They're going for a U.S. listing as well on the Nasdaq for an IPO in the U.S. So yes, they're they are a hot topic right now. Uh, still, uh, still potentially an M and A target, uh, but they are you know they are using their position in Canada to uh, as to you know to their to their benefit. Obviously, they you know they're mm-hmm. they're selling a story that they'll be big in Canada if if they are. They already have obviously the the architecture to do, do sports betting. Should it uh, you know single game betting be legalized and, and provinces start to to move forward with it? So uh, yeah, good on them. They are you know they are they're trade there. If you again, we I think we said this before, but if you bought some score stock in in the Toronto exchange a while back, you'd be a rich person right now because they've they they are they are trading again on this the story of Canada and growth and that they are already prepared for sports betting. So we'll see what else happens with them.
There will be loonies and toonies flying everywhere. That is for sure up there in uh, in Canada. Guys, as always, everything that we talk about here on the podcast, you can find at LegalSportsReport.com. Go in, read the words, get fully filled in on everything and take advantage of all the great work that Adam and his crew are doing over there. You should follow Dustin on Twitter at Dustin Galker, Adam Candy at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. And, uh, you know, you can go back to the beginning if you feel like you want to follow me. You can get the, the Twitter handle there with everything we're on every we're on all the places that you listen to podcasts so please go ahead and subscribe rate and review we do appreciate all those and again every time we go live it just comes right to your device you don't have to wait and find us on the website as well for dustin or adam i'm matt talk to you guys next week Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.